Welcome back. Welcome back to Pop Opinion. Pop Opinions. Episode. Ooh, uh, forty-three. Yeah, you oh. didn't. You didn't remember my whole spiel from last time about movie forty-three, but uh, the yeah, movie yeah. forty-two. There you go. Now it's actually movie forty-three. That movie sucked. Yeah. Because there's a bunch of like I sketches. It had funny like moments. Was, yeah, I feel like there was like a couple funny scenes. There was one like the. It was like Liev Schreiber and he like homeschooled his kid yes. and they like bullied him. That yes. was funny. That then, was... then he like kisses his parents. It gets weird from there. Yeah. And he there has like, like a, a vacuum. Rest- restaurant scene that was maybe funny. Hugh Jackman. But mm, like there was not. like balls dangling from his. Right. And he like dipped it in soup. It had funny moments. Yeah. Most of it was not funny. Right. Case, how you doing? Uh, I'm a little under the weather, but I'm but I'm pushing, pushing through. through. Yes. Yeah. No, I got uh, my second vaccine yesterday. I'm very upset because I really wanted to brag because the first one I felt totally fine. I didn't even need Advil and this time I don't feel great. Um, I felt fine yesterday. It was more like this afternoon it should started a little bit in the morning. I had a bit of a headache, but anyways, so I'm, I'm pushing through. It's very important though. You know, we're in, we're in the right direction now. I, there's a light at the end of this very dark tunnel we've been in for the last 15 months yeah 16 months a long more than a year more how are you jack i'm good thank you for asking i do have a recommendation for everyone that hasn't watched i've been watching uh the show formula one drive yes. to survive on netflix recommended it to you even meg got interested in it it is uh, like docu series about formula one racing and it starts season one is the 20 20- 18 season i'm pretty sure so they have 2018 2019 2020 and they're do like they're in the middle of the 2021 season right now and it's a sport i didn't really know much about like i had heard of some of the names but once you get into like the nitty-gritty of like how much money and how many people go into this like the racing isn't the most competitive like there's kind of a few it's people not that the dominate most compelling part like there's other things no right? it's like the human aspect and uh-huh. i mean it's very dangerous sport people are crashing like a lot of people have died from it it's and awful. it's so like it's like adrenaline packed and you get very nervous because you you latch on to drivers you like mm-hmm. some of them more mm-hmm. than others and it's really good show yeah really well done mm-hmm. i know we have it on our list but it's very difficult you know with your dad yes because he likes a lot of sports yep and he works a lot Mm -hmm. so it's hard you gotta really fit that time in there i know i know we'll do it we'll do it it's on our list and i mean you've heard enough recommendations i mean from me so (laughs) well even your girlfriend liked it yeah and that's that's pretty good not a sports and that is a good sign that it is more than just the sports and it gets you entertained it keeps you entertained nice thanks for letting us know you're welcome and other than that you're good yeah i'm good sports playoffs um oh remember we don't talk about sports well on that's here. just what if i'm not <laughs> watching our movies that's <laughs> what i'm doing most likely you're watching sports. Your movie on the night the night before we yep double headered it last night that's a fun that would be actually a fun ride it's a it, little coen brothers it was a journey yeah, it was yeah. not what i expected i think also the way i watched it was the right order so we are going to talk about our two movies, Fargo, No Country for Old Men. I uh, also have a fun new segment because it's pretty down two movies. Uh, we're going to do Oscars for the MCU, specifically for Phase 1. So that's yeah. the first two Iron Mans, Thor, Captain America, and the Avengers. Yes. 
Uh, we didn't include the Incredible Hulk, the Edward Norton version. It's kind of weird that it's kind of jammed into that area. Right. Because it is the same year as Iron Man, the first one. But Yeah, I've never, I still haven't seen it. So, and I love Ed Norton. I just have never seen it. He's, he's really good in it. Yeah. And it's almost, because I think most people now, because they saw what Ed Norton did with it, that they wish it was just him. But I think Mark Ruffalo was the right choice for the MCU, but Edward Norton was the right choice for that movie. Mm, that's a good way to say it. He was more of the leading role. Yeah. But let's start with, we just watched, and uh, I don't think Dad is going to hear this and be surprised, but no. Loki episode two, yes. we had to watch it for research purposes. For the podcast. Yes. we ha- That's why mm. we had to watch it. We'll rewatch it with him. Yeah, we will. He'll be sure. fine. He doesn't listen to this. Yeah, I know. If he does, then you can text us and be mad about it, but <laughs> yeah. you have to listen four minutes and 50 seconds in yeah so that's his that's his cursor yeah the one thing i wanted to bring up because we did kind of rush episode one and we didn't get everything well, we I wanted out like, of it i feel like we were it was just a lot to take in and and we what we did was we watched it and then we just kind of came up here and we i don't think we had enough time to like process everything and especially like a brand new show like you're you know the first one i feel like we we didn't do a great job so i did want to go back to the story that i didn't know so in loki episode one uh, Loki goes through this like he's in a plane and he gives a note to a stewardess says I have a bomb and gets this like ransom money this is actually a true story mm. in the 1970s it, it was I've heard Dan or D.B. Cooper just they don't know exactly who it was but he, he pulled off this like unbelievable thing where everyone said he was really nice like he wasn't threatening but he said he had a bomb I'm gonna severely doubt that he actually did right but in this show, they're saying that Loki, because he lost the bet to Thor, is this guy. This, like, kind of myth, almost. Okay, okay. So I thought I thought that That's, was really cool. Yeah, very cool. And also some fans thought they saw Peggy Carter mm. getting taken in by the TVA. So who... And why would she be? Um, my guess was that if she married Steve, that wasn't mm, the right the thing to do. Yeah. Not in the branch. Mess, it messes up with the TVA. It would create a branch timeline. Yes. I know. I find, like, I really am enjoying this show, but I do find it a little confusing. I have to say, like, it's not... It's a lot to take in. It's a lot to kind of process. Like, I found, like, Wanda was pretty, like, it's, it's kind of straightforward and... Easier and then... Winter Soldier was very straightforward. Straightforward, just a six-hour Marvel movie. Yeah. When this has gone more the WandaVision route, and I think they're going to end up being a lot more connected because of this whole, like, multiverse branch timeline sort of deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, It is really cool that they have... So they say at the end of episode one, I'm pretty sure, if if you're listening to this and don't want to hear... We're not going to go extremely spoilery, mostly because I don't think we can. Like, there's not that much... That happens episode one or two both yeah even episode two like it's it's more of we're setting up and it does reveal a little more yeah I should say so it starts in um, 1985 Wisconsin and there is an ambush and then they're trying to catch the person doing it which is a low-key variant a variant from the variant that we already have right so yeah so I mean I guess my favorite part is like Loki and um is his name Mo Mobius yeah Mobius Mo- Mobius Owen by own play by own Muslim they have like a little bromance going on and I'm really digging it like them just sitting there they must have talked for a good five to ten minutes and it was just like him telling you about his jet ski and they're just sitting in like the cafeteria of their workplace and just like shooting the shit and I just really loved that like it was just simple and 
they just like they're getting you know they're just you're seeing it they're they're getting along yeah and then mobius is definitely someone that he knows who loki is and he's kind of putting him in his place and i think now loki just sees him as maybe not an equal because it's loki and no one is equal to him in his own eyes but no no it's he at least some sees it as someone that's a counterpart that he can have these like not intense conversations but Mobius can keep up with Loki is what he's realizing for sure for sure and so he's liking that and then they go on this like hunt of trying to figure out where this variant would be hiding and then they kind of figure it out and which is pretty cool in itself of how they figure it out and um and then how they test that theory it's pretty cool and then they go to this supermarket and this is where we run into a guy a guy who then transforms into the girl he's that Loki's with and anyways there's just like changing bodies of this of the variant of Loki he just he just switches by so you're not really sure good bad like who is this and and then Loki figures it out but yeah it's Loki versus transforming Loki (laughs) yeah yeah um I also found it fascinating that as uh Loki's learning about this he tries to get uh, he wants to learn about the beginning of time, the end of time, and those are classified. He can't learn about that. The only thing he can read about is his own life, yeah, and his own file. Right. And he find and he learns about Ragnarok, which you could see he had some kind of reaction. And he then, did. It looked like there was a tiny tear, like building in his eye. It didn't fall, no, but it was definitely there was a little watering of eyes going on. And then Mobius brings it up. He's like, "Yeah, whatever. Let's yeah," because he figured out where this variant could be hiding yeah yeah it's a very it's it's hard to talk about it is it's so hard and then i also so in the beginning when they're in wisconsin one of the um hunters hunter 20 gets gets taken and then they end up finding her but she's in like she's like sitting in a corner not corner but like by a, a wall just rocking back and forth saying it's real it's real so i found that really fascinating because it's like well what's real like what's the they never really even they don't like that. i feel like they're just again they're just building so yeah it's it's a good one i like it it's very entertaining and and the like very end is where we can see this show has taken off and i think episode three i imagine it picks up right where we end because there's this emergency there's branch timelines this other loki has stolen um i don't remember what it's called but it resets timelines yeah Yeah. i don't remember either and it's just this panic and there's so many branch timelines that loki has a decision does he and it's kind of almost two rights he gets a situation he finally gets a situation where if he goes to chase this other Loki, it's not a bad thing, but it's a bad thing to the TVA and Mobius because it looks like For he's sh- the one fleeing. Yeah, because it looks like he's abandoning them, and and he tricked them the whole time. Yeah, because they're all they all like they're all like I I can't believe you're trusting him. trusting him and whatnot. And Mobius is like really is, and then all of a sudden he does decide to go into this you know, but to follow. But I don't think it's because he's trying to get away. No, I think he's actually trying to stop this variant yeah and i think i think we've seen every point of time that you see loki you're just like okay when is it gonna go bad if they do it again i don't think that would surprise me but i also think they are trying to redeem this character right yes i agree all right let's get into our top 100 movie challenge the coen brother edition yeah right we didn't even realize until we both were like oh they're both coen brother movies I guess let's start Fargo. Yeah, let's go Fargo. All right, Fargo, 1996, obviously. The Coen brothers, uh, Minnesota police chief, I guess a pregnant Minnesota police chief, investigates roadside homicides 
after a desperate car salesman hires two criminals to kidnap his wife to get a ransom from his father-in-law. Yes, because he's in trouble with money. Like, he needs the money. Yeah. And he can't ask his father-in-law. So he hires these two dimwits. Yep. Well, I wouldn't even say they're dimwits. They're just, yeah, they're... The common criminal. They're, like, it's played by Steve Buscemi and Peter Stormare, I think it is. And Peter Stormare just barely says two words. But when he does, it's, like, gold. Like, it is so good. Pancake. <laughs> I want to go to pancake. Yeah. And Steve Buscemi is so funny. Like, he's so good in it. And it is, um, it's a ride, right? Like, it is. Um, like It's like a it's kind of. Comedy-ish. Com- it's like a dark comedy, yeah. I would say. Like, I wouldn't say it's, it's definitely not meant to be taken too seriously but it's all based on true events they just uh, that's what it says at the very beginning of the movie this is based on true events which is like the craziest story like the layers of it and how it how the characters all intermingle my favorite though i have to say is when Frances mcdormand is trying to figure out who these guys are and so she's interviewing people and she interviews the two prostitutes that they had and or hookers or i don't know what we call them now yeah i'm not sure i don't want to be offensive to them um so and then she's like well can you tell me about them and they're like they can't describe them except they say he's funny looking and she's like, well, can you tell me how? And she's like, no, he's circum, he's uncircumcised though. And she's like, great. Yeah, that's going to be super helpful to help find him. Yep. And so she's just like, mm-hmm, okay. And anything else? Just he's funny looking. And she's like, okay. And then they go like, you know, you know, 20 scenes later, another cop is asking a neighbor who's out shoveling or whatever. Oh, did you see the guys? Yeah. Can you describe him? Yeah, he's funny looking. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they clearly just, did that on purpose. Yeah. Like, to- it is it is the like Steve Buscemi people make fun of him for it, but he's made a career out of it. One hundred percent, yes. So I mean, you have the famous wood chipper scene, which everybody talks about in this movie, um, when he's one of them kills the other, and then the other one is in putting them in a wood chipper, and Francis McDormand shows up, and all you see is a leg sticking out of a wood chipper. Yep, nice little sock sticking out. Definitely yeah. for a comedic kind of movie. Definitely not the the turns of violence that I was expecting. Yes. Yeah, for sure. But Frances McDormand, so she won an Oscar for it, and the Coen brothers won for best writing. Uh, yeah, original screenplay and uh, also nominated for best picture, uh, supporting actor, director, editing, and cinematography. Yeah, so, and they ended up winning two of those, so it's good. Uh, yeah, um, it is kind of cool that they made like took this idea and then it became a tv show like it's a netflix show now that's had four or five seasons yeah he really loves it i haven't watched it but i think it was out the first (laughs) i elbowed the thing um it was the first show maybe true detective i don't know if they were at the same time that kind of changes its cast every season yeah i think it's cool sometimes to do that i don't know it depends on like it it just depends on the show because sometimes you could make it work and then other times Maybe not so much because people get attached to their characters. So mm-hmm. um, the thing and it's it's kind of the extra. I'll, I'll save that the Minnesota accent. What is your the, this whole time? It's oh, yeah. Like oh, it's yeah. Yeah, I know. and it it's cool. It kind of gets annoying at times. Right. Because right. they're just so especially when Francis McDormand and William H. Macy have their scene and it's a darn tootin and <laughs> like they just both talk. The, they're like, I guess everyone in this movie talks this way. Yeah. But it's just. It's almost the charm to the movie. Right. Like it is I, yeah, very specific. I, loved it. I thought it was great. And she's just so 
she's so unassuming and she almost seems like she wouldn't be good at her job and she's actually kick ass at her job but like she's so smart but she comes across as just this girl who eats all the time and is pregnant and it's just simple and right like nice but yeah. when chips fall like she makes the right decisions for sure yeah uh that's yeah that's all i got like that yep. wood chipper is definitely not what i expected no. like I, I knew it was in the movie but it still shocked me yeah yeah for sure and to me the bridge between these two movies is all about morality like in fargo there is francis mcdormand who is just the good and then there's william h macy and steve buscemi they're somewhere in the middle where they're not necessarily good but they're not necessarily bad right like they're just not really they're more on the bad side because they're not making good decisions yes yes and then there's gare right just bad (laughs) and just never makes the right moral or legal decision yes yeah um and our other movie no country for old men is all about morality and free will and Mm -hmm. decisions so it's 2007 again coen brothers um a hunter's life takes a crazy turn when he finds two million dollars at a mexican standoff and that were an uh a standoff that didn't go well yes i should say uh standoff where no one is alive yes and he is then hunted down by a psychopathic or psychotic i guess yeah psychotic hitman that wants the money right and he so it's josh brolin plays the hunter guy and so he's just out and then he sees all these trucks and he goes and he gets finds this money and then he decides to take it but he quickly learns like he's he's in trouble the so the hitman is played by javier bardem and he is on believable in this movie he is so goddamn scary he is ruthless he is he has no morality he has no qualms he will kill anybody in his path he just doesn't care and he also uses this bolt pistol which he steals from a cop and then just continues uses continues to use it and like adapts it yeah, it's like this air thing, right? So, because remember the one guy gets killed and they're like, there's no bullet and there's like a thing in his head and they're like, where's the bullet? And I was like, there's no bullet. Like, you can't figure it out. Yeah. What I love about this movie is that they, the way they build suspense. When Josh Brolin is sitting in his hotel room and he realizes that there's a tracker in the money. So he, because he can't figure out how he's being tracked because he's actually really smart in this movie. Like, he is one step ahead, but Javier Bardem's like, right there like he's you know not too far behind yeah like he's not a dumb he's not dumb at all he's actually really really smart and the way he thinks i'm like wow that's so good i would be dead in five minutes but but when he's sitting in his hotel room and he's just sitting on the bed and it's like a long scene but it doesn't it's just like the the way they build suspense like it doesn't it's not like oh my god just get there like sometimes when you build suspense like that people get irritated but i never did in this movie it also scared the bejeebus out of me, I have to say. Like yeah. it is a it is a it's like an eerie feeling in your in your body when you watch this movie because he's so scary. And it's one of those things we did a list of what the top ten movie villains. Yeah. And I don't know if I put him on that list. I know, because he needs to be almost like number one because he's so psychotic. And it's like his voice is just mm-hmm. such like an eerie, like but also kind of commanding at the same time, even though he's not loud. Yeah. But it's just, it's someone that's so captivating. And I I haven't seen that many Javier Bardem movies, but no. I can't imagine there's a performance better than this one. Yeah, I think I, was he in Vicky, Vicky Barcelona, Vicky, oh, what is that movie called? I can't remember if it was him. It's like Scarlett Johansson and his wife play is Penelope Cruz in real life. 
And I'm wondering if it, it was him in that movie. Anyways, and um, also Woody Harrelson. Yeah, Vicky Christine. Vicky Cristina Barcelona such a good movie he's so good in that like talk about a wide range of characters like because he just plays like a just a regular dude right not a psychopathic killer no but then they call in Woody Harrelson who's also a hitman to try and get Javier Bardem I think or get the money we're not really sure right but it's more that he like he plays Woody Harrelson plays Carson Wells who he just wants the money Right. So he's if he finds it, he gets a piece of it or whatever. So he's walking up the hotel stairs and then all of a sudden you just see Javier Bardem's character. Who's like, I can't even. Uh, Anton Chigurh. Chigurh starts walking up behind him. And it is like it makes your it makes your skin crawl because you're just like, oh, buddy, like Like you just got caught so dead. Like, it's just like you don't even have a chance now. Right. But as soon as you get caught and then this whole Again, the fate versus free will, and Anton gives everyone an option. Yes. And it's this amazing scene where it doesn't feel like it should be anything. He's just at a gas station, and he's talking with the attendant, and you could just see him getting more and more annoyed. Like, mm-hmm. what, you married? You got married to your wife, and now you have this gas station because it was her dad, so you didn't earn anything. You just... Uh, and you live in the back? Like, yeah. You like, just live back there? Like, and... you just... You didn't work for anything. You didn't earn it. And then he flips the coin and says, call it. And this guy is so confused. He's like, call what? Like, what am I? Like, I need to know what the stakes are. And he's like, everything. Everything you've ever worked for. Just everything. Yeah. And he does it two more times. I'm going to say at least two more times. Well, he does it with a girl. And she refuses. Yeah. And does So they kind of leave that up in the air of what happens there. But I think we kind of know. Yeah. Well, with him, he called the gas attendant calls the right one. Yeah. And he's alive and... Uh, another character calls it doesn't work out too well for him no it's one of those things where it's also like because it's the bolt pistol like it's not loud right and it's one of those things where in that scene and it leads into this amazing phone call scene where shoots the person i i don't want to give away exactly who it is yeah, just yeah to add some leave some suspense but he shoots him and i'm kind of like wait what happened so i had to go back and right. I'm like, oh, he shoots him and then just answers the phone. And it's this <laughs> great conversation between uh, Llewellyn. Yes. Which is Josh Brolin yeah. and Anton. And it's this like mano y mano where they're both trying to figure out what the other one's doing. Mm. But they also both know at the same time. And they don't know what's going on, but they know at the same. Like it's yeah, such a weird conversation because they're both trying to intimidate each other. But the other one isn't intimidated. No. No, even she's not. And she's like, you know, like, yeah, she's she's really good. So this one, did we talk about what it won? Because no. it won. It, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so w- it was nominated for a lot more, but it won Best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay, uh, Best Supporting Actor, which I guess because it's a Josh Brolin is technically the star. But yeah, I don't know. It's a hard one. But I, I'm glad they put him in Best Supporting because I think that you have more of a chance, yeah. you know. So that was uh, Javier in, Bardem. Yeah, he isn't in like every scene. No. So so it is, it is more about Josh Brolin's character. Um, it also won Director, Best Director, yep. Cohen Brothers. Also nominated for Cinematography, Film Editing, Sound Mixing, and Sound Editing. Mm. And... It's funny because it's a movie with no music. Right. And it's just the wind. Yeah. But it just adds enough suspense that you don't need the music. And it's one of those things where you kind of forget there isn't music. Yeah. Because no, you're just kind of in like a zone oh and you're God, very you're locked just, in. I'm so locked in in that movie. I have to say, I don't know if I'm ever going to need to see it again, though. It really does 
creep me out. Like he's he's so creepy in it, right? Like he just but I mean that just shows he did such a good job, right? Yeah. And it's one of those he it, he might not be the star, but he is definitely the most memorable part. For sure, cuz I have to say I didn't even remember Josh Bolin was in it. Sorry no offense, but like I didn't remember like I knew there was a guy he was hunting, but yeah. I didn't remember it was him. But I always remembered it was Javier Bardem. I didn't even remember Woody Harrelson in it. Like no, Tommy he's Lee like Jones, one of my favorites. But I I didn't even remember it. So and it's another morality where you have Anton, where there's no morality, but he also thinks he's doing right by not having morality. There's Llewellyn, who is a good person, kind of similar to. Uh, not even William H. Macy. I don't think there's a right character to yeah, compare yeah. him to from Fargo. Because that's what I was kind of doing as I watched them back to back. I'm right. like, I see what they're doing. They're kind of similar-ish stories. Right, right. And, I mean, there's the direct connection of not even just the Coen brothers, but Llewellyn is like this wants to be good, but gets put in a bad situation and then kind of has to keep making the bad decisions. Yeah. Um, Carson, who Woody Harrelson just... Not as much as Anton, but definitely doesn't really make many right decisions. Yeah, no. Right in terms of morality. And then there's uh, Ed Tom Bell, who's Tommy Lee Jones. Mm -hmm. He's the uh, sheriff trying to figure everything out. By the end of the movie, it's pretty much about him, which kind of doesn't make sense because there's these two characters going back and forth. But once he gets to the end and he's like is questioning life and he's like the beginning was him talking about I was a police sheriff when Mm -hmm. I was 25. And by the end, he's like... I guess this is just my time. I had a dream. I had two dreams about my dad and I was like 30 or 20 years older than he ever was. So he just kind of accepts like maybe, maybe it is my time. Yeah. And I think he was questioning like, you know, can I be, can I do this role with the ever changing violence? And then when he goes to see his uncle, his uncle's like, there's, it's always been violent. It's just, yeah. Like that's you've just, had the rose colored glasses almost. Yeah. And it is also a direct adaptation of a novel by the same name. Oh, okay. Obviously, Oof. they they changed some things for yeah. to Hollywoodize it, but yeah, yeah. Still, I don't uh, know if I could wa- read that because no. I would just have him in my head of like the way he speaks and stuff. It's just yeah, he's he's really incredible. He deserved to win an Oscar for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, you ready for Phase yes. One? Phase One MCU Oscars. Oscars because we wanted to do something a little more fun with these two movies. Yes. Definitely, both of them are good in their own right. For Coen Brothers, I I almost wish I watched No Country for Old Men before I knew it was the Coen Brothers. Oh, okay. Because it doesn't feel like their type of movie. No, you're right. Fargo is more their speed. Yes. It and it's like the it's quirkier and weirder. And yeah, it's, Hail yeah. Caesar. Like those were kind of Coen Brother right, movies. Right. But this was just well, I mean, one of the best movies I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree for sure. And in a stack, 2007 year. Yes. All right, phase one MCU Oscars. Let's do you want to run through the categories or just do it one by one? Yeah, no, I think we'll just do it one by one. All right. Because people will forget by the time we get there. Yep. Okay, so what we did is we picked a category and then Jack and I went through and we picked um, three movies or three people or nominees. Yeah, thank you. Blah, blah. I'm sick. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so we picked three nominees, and then him and I are each going to pick our Oscar winner. Yes. Okay. For so we're going to start so. with uh, Best Actor. So, And we wanted to be sure that we're going to mention which movie, because you can't just say, oh, who's the best actor? Iron Man. You have to pick specific movies. Yeah. So there's in this 
I know you had gone through it, but I'll just say that part. There's Iron Man, there's Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, the first Avenger, and the Avengers. So those are the movies. Those are the only ones we're allowed to pick from because we're just doing phase one. Otherwise, we thought it would be way too overwhelming. So we're going to try and do it in phases. Mm -hmm. So our first category is best actor. We did Iron Man in Iron Man, Captain America in Captain America, the first Avenger, and Hulk in Avengers. Those were our best actor nominees. Nominees. And my winner, I'm going to throw my honorable mention to Ed Norton, who we already mentioned, but his adaptation of the incredible hulk versus mark ruffalo's are very different and i think they both worked for what they, what had, they to had to do right uh my winner was iron man yeah 100 percent. me too the first movie that started I mean, everything yeah. and he's just he's money and it's and he got better as the movies he got went better on. i love his character so much because i love the sarcastic i love the confidence and arrogance i don't like that in every i don't like that in like people in my life but i love watching it because he's arrogant, but he can stand behind his arrogance. So, and I love his his humor is just the best. So. Yeah, and it's Robert Downey Jr. who this was like not that he was like down in the dumps completely, oh, but oh, I'm just gonna say he's so. This is like his reclamation. Very lucky to be alive. That one. That was a rough road in the 80s and 90s. For so him. almost what Tony Stark is. Yeah, he's Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. Best actress. Which can I make my disclaimer, Jack? Yes, you can. Very hard, you people, to find a lot of actresses. It is definitely a male-driven uh, MCU, but that's okay. Hopefully, we're changing now that we have a couple more. But we were both like, just in those like five movies, there wasn't a lot to choose from. I think so. there was four. Yeah. So we have Black Widow from Avengers. She's also in Iron Man Two, which we debated about, but we decided to do Avengers. Uh, Peggy Carter and Captain America and Jane Foster played by Natalie Portman just in case people don't know in Thor yeah for me it's Black Widow 100%. I love I like, love I Peggy don't... Carter I think I might have even said she was my fame favorite female character before but Nat because because you get that frame of reference for Iron Man 2 by the time you get to the Avengers you feel like you know her more and she has this amazing opening scene where she's like yeah these idiots are trying to inter interrogate me right and she just has that confidence and swap but they also break her down and loki mm -hmm. is telling her about do you think this whatever right you think you're doing is going to get rid of everything you've done before yeah they bring up budapest which i hope is a part of the black widow movie right and she is just she's phenomenal yeah she is phenomenal and that's like one of my favorite scenes when we like i know we met her in iron man too but really in, in avengers when she's tied to the chair and she's like standing there and there and she's on the phone with um i think it's with Col colson isn't it yeah and she's like just a sec these idiots are giving me all the information and they're like so confused and yeah she's yeah black widow i mean hands down she's just the best uh okay best director we have iron man um the first one for john favreau uh we have thor kenneth branagh 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 and we have Captain America, Joe Johnston. Which is where I'll throw in my disclaimer. And I know The Avengers is a great movie. It's nominated later and it's nominated a lot. I just don't think what Josh Whedon has done outside of the... Outs, actually, in the movie world, but outside of his work, I just don't think he should be recognized. Yeah. And we just made that decision. We just made that decision. We, we love the movie, but it's just... It's one of those things. I mean, we're in 2021 and we've got to move forward yes with 
proper behavior. Yes. And I went with John Favreau. Me too. It's I hope we don't have all the same. No. Because it's more fun if we like disagree yeah a little tussle in there it's just it's another one of those things where it it might be one day we'll look back and it's nostalgia that makes it better but just to start that universe and the fact that he did the first two movies yeah i love john favreau like i'm so obsessed with him i mean we did do like two podcasts about him (laughs) basically right (laughs) we just love him how do you not like he's just so great Okay, best fight scene. So we have Black Widow um, in Iron Man 2. That's a hallway scene. Uh, great scene if you haven't seen it. Um, Iron Man with Ob- Obadiah. Yep. Obadiah on the roof. And then we have Avengers. So for Avengers, it was hard because best fight, we don't want to have like, you can't just say the whole ending. So what we did was Hawkeye versus Black Widow. And I don't know if you remember, but and Hawkeye is under the influence of Loki. So he's not himself. And then they're like best buddies and then they have to fight each other. So. And that's only the first time they have to fight. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I mean, two Black Widow nominees, it's hard to argue with either of them. I just think also the irony of Iron Man 2 and she's walking through a hallway just destroying everybody. And John Favreau's Happy Hogan is fighting one guy. One guy. And it takes him the entire time and he bites his ear and does all this stuff. And Black Widow is just... He, she's taking down like 20 guys. Doing her patented UFC yeah. move. Yep. Yeah. Black That's Widow yours. hallway. Yeah. Okay. I did Hawkeye and, and Black Widow. And it's also because you like their relationship more. I love their relationship. Yes. Which we have one coming up that I'm, I'm not going to pick. No. <laughs> I like playing that game. Okay, best line in a movie. We have, I am Iron Man in Iron Man. Yep. Um, I can do this all day, Captain America. And that's my secret, Cap. I'm always angry. Hulk from the Avengers. So it's one of those things with Iron Man saying, I am Iron Man. It's it's a quote that not only reveals him and is the first superhero to reveal himself, it's also a line that comes back later in the MCU to have more significance. In the same way that uh, I could do this all day, how yeah. many times does Steve say that? Right. And that's why I went with the Hulk. Okay. And to me, it was just the moment of the experience. So in the Avengers, when Hulk, um, he gets uh, thrown off the Quin or not the Quinjet, but wherever well, they were. Well, he goes on that one plane and then he gets thrown off, yeah. right? Yeah. So he becomes, I was about to say Mark Ruffalo, he becomes Bruce Banner again and then in the majority of this fight, he's not there. It's just like the original Avengers minus him. And then he shows up just on, on this bike. little bike and <laughs> and they're having this conversation. He's like, uh, "Do you, and Cap's like, do you want to take that as this giant alien ship is coming at right. him? And he's like, uh, this might be a good time to get angry. And he's just, that's my secret, Cap. I'm always angry and just magically transforms into the Hulk. And it's just a major experience. And I know the Iron Man and I could do this all day are great lines, but I just think the moment of that right, Hulk line right. is really good and significant. Well, I did pick I can do this all day because I just love that he's, you know, when we first hear him say that, he's just like the little guy, the, four, you know, five, four, little, little Steve. And and then it, he does say it like a, quite a few more times. So that's just one of those ones that it's not my favorite line in the whole MCU, though, but. That's okay. We'll talk about that when we get to that. Okay. Uh, okay. Best supporting. We have Bucky from Amer- uh, Captain America. I was about to say it the other way. A little dyslexia is coming out. Uh, we have Nick Fury from Avengers. And we have Don Cheadle from Iron Man 2. Uh, I'll let you. I feel like I'm going first all the time. 
Okay. Um, guess what I picked, Jack? I think you picked Nick Fury. <laughs> I picked Bucky. Yeah, when I when I said that to you as an option, I just saw your eyes light up and you're like, oh, cool, that's who I'm picking. And I just kind of, I knew that was coming. <laughs> it doesn't matter who else is on the list. Yeah, well, I'm obsessed with Bucky and I just think he's really great. And you know what? In this movie, it's he's really got Steve's back because he's just a little guy. And then it kind of changes where, you know, you know, later on in the series, you know, Steve then has to have his back because he believes he's in there. And I just, yeah, I love their, their little magic. And this is when we first get to see him. And there's the great when Steve rescues everybody from the camp and Bucky just goes, let's hear it for Captain America, because it's this huge moment where Steve was just, he was the actor and he was the the face to all this, but he actually got to prove himself as a soldier. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I went with uh, Don Cheadle's Cheadles. War Machine, mm-hmm. Iron Man 2. It's one of those, again, Terrence Howard's in the first one, but the relationship they kind of develop in the second one and the way he can go mano a mano with Tony and kind of put him in his place. I just, I love his character and they have a great fight scene together. Yeah, I agree. That's a good one. Okay, best duo that I will not be picking. We have Bucky and Steve in Captain America. Rhodey and Iron Man in Iron Man 2 and Hawkeye and Nat, I think we said Avengers? No, we would have, yeah, it has to be Avengers, yeah. Yeah. I didn't put it down, sorry, Avengers. So listen, this is my debate, and you know how much I love, I love Bucky and Steve, I think they have like one of the best relationships, and I love their loyalty to one another, but Hawkeye and Nat are so, I love them, like I love that they're like, a lot of times in life we can't have friends with the opposite sex and I love that they can and that his wife is cool with it and they just have a real bond and I really I wonder if he's going to be in Black Widow do you think probably so I, I imagine they, I imagine they do the Budapest that has to be somehow a part of it yeah if they keep mentioning it yeah I hope so I should look it up and see if he's in the cast Really, they MCU is pretty. They hide a lot of that stuff. Surprise cameos. People say that Robert Downey Jr. is going to be in it. Ooh, fun. Um, I think I'm going to go. As much as I love my Bucky and Cat and Steve, I'm going to go Hawkeye and Nat. That's what I said too. I yeah. just I think their relationship, especially how it's it grows, just... and by the time you get to Civil War, it's obviously not fair to compare it now. But when they're fighting and they say like we're still friends, right? Like and yeah. they are talking during this fight even when they have to fight it's that much more heartbreaking because they are such good friends well and you get to really see not in this phase but like when they go i think it's age of ultron right when they go to his farm or whatever like you can see that it's call her aunt nat yeah like she's obviously like and no one knew he had a family hawkeye even had a family and she's like aunt nat so yeah it's i don't know how you like that's it's very special Mm mm-hmm um, okay, best CGI. We have Little Steve from Captain America. We have uh, the Hulk from Avengers, and we have Thor and the Frozen Giants from Thor. Um, for me, it was Hulk because of just the amount you have to do it, the amount you have to kind of jump back and forth between them. How good it looks in 2012 is still pretty impressive. Yeah, I said the same thing. I had a hard time. Like, I really did want Little Steve because I think that was really impressive how they did that. How mm-hmm. he's just like his face and stuff it's pretty cool and it it's like it looks very real and 2011 like it's one yeah. year before yeah so but i did go with the hulk i'm with you on that one and it's hard to it's hard to recreate like that big of a being yeah and it's gotten 
I'm not going to say easier, but it's definitely looked better throughout the years. For sure. But it still was great then. Okay, best comedic scene. So we have, uh, in, from the Avengers, we have Hulk and Loki when he's smashing him around. Mm-hmm. We have um, Avengers, Shakespeare in the Park. That's what I'm supposed to say, right? Yep. Okay, and then in Iron Man 2, we have, do I look in the patch or the eye? I'm a little hungover. So um, Iron Man is talking to Nick Fury, and he's just being his little shitty self. Like, it's yeah. just, yeah. So. What did you pick? I picked Iron Man 2 just because I think if there's anything for a comedic role or a comedic award, it should always go to him, Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man, whatever, because of his humor. It just really makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. Everything he said, like, I don't even know how you pick, like, favorite line or whatever, because he just is he just is always coming out with them. Yeah, because even the, the one of the lines that's pretty iconic that we didn't even mention, because I, to me, Iron, I'm Iron Man gets that significance later on but when uh steve's talking to him in the avengers he's like take away that suit of armor what are you and he's like genius billionaire playboy philanthropist yeah and, and it's that, just that like, kind of goes yeah yeah, yeah with her face she's like yeah that's right but he's so funny in that scene too before they all come in and he's like with bruce banner and he's trying to get them all going like he's just like what if i you know he's, he jabs him with I, the I, prom- I promise and, not a stress-free environment <laughs> yeah and he like shocks him shocks. like he's just trying to like just get him going. Like, he's just... Yeah, he's too funny. So, I picked Iron Man 2. And you? Uh, I picked the Avengers, the uh, Shakespeare, Shakespeare in the Park. Because it's this... First of all, the first time you're seeing Iron Man and Thor meet. And in the middle of this fight... Thor, or I guess maybe it might be before the fight really starts. It's at some point during the fight that Iron Man, like, takes off his... Or his, like, uh, face mask comes up. And he just goes, Does Darth Mother know you're wearing thy drapes? <laughs> and he's just making fun of him, especially because he speaks different. Like, he, they've had these conversations. And it's it's hard to go comedic anything against Iron Man. Right, yeah. He it is. is. Like, he's just... I mean, we could have just just a thing of him alone of just, like, funniest, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, we have best action scene. So we said end of the Avengers movie. Um, we said um, Iron Man, um, when Iron Man goes to a Middle Eastern town, we're not sure which one it was, but he just like s- basically saves the whole town and then blows stuff up and walking away. So we did that scene. And then Iron Man 2 with Iron Man and Rhodey and they're fighting the hammer drones. Uh, yeah, I went with, it's hard to argue at the end of the Avengers, which is what I picked, but also the... Um, Iron Man, when he goes into this town and like basically dismantles the seven or seven rings, the ten rings that um, imprisoned him, mm-hmm. it's probably the moment that most people would remember first from the MCU. If he blows up this tank as he's walking away, right, right, and he just he walks through them like a piece of paper. Yeah, he just like shoots this little thing off of his wrist. It blows up and it's not even blown up for like a second. And he's already walking away. Like he's like, and bye. Yeah. He, he right? knew what he did, but the end of the Avengers, just that sequence. It's, uh, yeah. It's, it's hard. It's too to, spectacular. It's too hard to argue. Plus you have the Hulk and Loki cause it didn't win best comedic scene, but at least it's in that part where, yeah, just, where Loki is, I, I'm a God. I don't know. Like you're beneath me. You simpleton. And then Hulk just, takes his leg smashes him on the floor and walks away puny god yeah like he just he just threw him away threw him around like nothing nothing um okay we're down to a couple left we have 
we have three. Should I save best picture for Yeah, we can do that end? last. Okay. So who do you want saving you? So we didn't name everyone. Jack and I just decided we would just like pick our person. I'm going to go specific because I know the better version of this person is in the Avengers. But I think the what Thor overcomes in the first in his first movie, I would trust him to save me. Right. I'd also maybe give him some dye for his uh, eyebrows. Right. A little too blonde. <laughs> A little too blonde. So yeah, I go with Thor in the first Thor movie. Okay. I went with Captain America. I guess in the Avengers, because I don't, because like he in his movie he doesn't really become Captain America till like halfway through, right? Yeah, he's a little Steve for the first little, little bit. Steve, yeah, I would say Captain America. I like his loyalty and I like his, yeah, he's pretty fearless. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, worst death. Yeah, I worst status are kind of the way that we thought of it. So we did Bucky from Captain America because we do think he dies at the time. So you don't have to say we, it's me in that. You (laughs) just have to think of it in this moment. I know he comes back, but in that moment, it's his best friend that falls off a train. Yeah. Then we have Phil Coulson from the Avengers. And then we have all the soldiers from Iron Man. So when him, they're driving in the desert and they all like very opening scene. Yeah. And they all just die. It's awful. And it's it's supposed to be like this funny kind of intro to it. And they get stopped by the 10 rings. And this guy's like, oh, can I take a picture? And he's like, yeah, don't put it on your MySpace, which very 2008. Yeah. And yeah, they just all die in front of him. And that's how Tony gets captured. And it's such a dark way to start this franchise that you think is supposed to be fun and funny and especially yeah. Tony Stark. But it you was, gotta, you have to do something. You gotta hook everyone in. Yeah. Cause why, what, what's your motivation then of becoming Iron Man if you haven't Had excuse any, me, gone through that, right? Mm-hmm. I picked Phil. Phil Coulson, especially the significance of what it does for them in that movie yeah. is amazing. But just his moment of he has no idea what this gun does and he just shoots at Loki and you think he's just trying to help. He's trying to do his job as he's dying. Like, it's yeah. Just, yeah. And he's like, yeah, he gets stabbed. It's very it's very hard again for my girlfriend because of how we watched it. We did it in the like chronological order mm-hmm. you see phil colson a lot you yeah. see him in the first iron man i don't think you see him you maybe see him in a bit in the second one you see him in thor you see him yeah. in captain marvel like you've seen him seen him a lot yeah and then seeing him die it's also such a shock and he never got his card signed no he just wanted his card signed i think for me normally i would pick bucky for anything but uh, we didn't really know him that well at that point it was still sad for yeah. sure but i think phil was more um i mean he wasn't an avenger and you're just like this poor guy is just like you know he's just working so hard and he's so good at his job and then they just die dead dead okay best picture our last one Okay, best picture. We did Iron Man, Captain America, and Avengers. So very classic OG kind of uh, thought here. Okay, hit me with your thought. Um, I know Iron Man is what we talk about as always being the nostalgic one. It's obviously what started everything. For me, the best just movie is Captain America, the first Avenger. Oh, nice. Good. I did um, the Avengers just because I like when they're all together. I just, I just, I like when I get to see everybody, Mm -hmm. you know, but I love anything Captain America because then Bucky's usually there. Yeah. And then Civil War, which again, we really should not count that as a Captain America movie. No. It's it's an Avengers two and a half. Yeah. Two and a half. One and a half. 
two and a half because i think it's after ultron oh, okay yeah. but before infinity war right right yeah yeah it definitely does not seem like a captain america or a it seems like an avenger movie for sure i mean Good. you get to see them all so <laughs> yeah that's the whole point yeah all right that that wraps it up for phase one i mean we'll definitely bring this back at yeah some point. it's really fun we'll it, do phase two and uh-huh. then phase yeah. three four yeah five whenever that <laughs> all right we'll still have a podcast by then of course we will all right movies okay. for you don't have to i know you like it i know you do some of them are so bunched yeah they are really stuck together okay actually i don't want that i want this one 87 87 that is before sunrise okay. <laughs> you know what i almost picked 85 which is titanic Ooh, that's that what I had be. in my hand. And then I, and for some reason, I was like, I don't want, I just was like, I don't want it. I've never done that before. But you looked at it and saw like, that it was 85? No, like a little bit, but I, it's only because they're so bunched and I didn't want to take the first one at the bunch. That's all. You know? Yeah, I get it. All right. Um, I picked number two, which is The Godfather. Oh, boy. So before Sunrise and The Godfather. Yeah, here. you could not get more different. There's like, it's pen. really. Uh, we're gonna go on a journey. I have no idea what Before Sunrise I think is. Before Sunrise is Ethan Hawke, and it's I think. Oh my god, I could be totally wrong, and people are gonna be like people. Well, <laughs> they're going to be like people. No, it's gonna say people. There's probably like four people listening, but hey, four is four is more than enough. Uh, yes. yeah, it's Ethan Hawke. Yeah, so it's like a love story. Oh, that's that's gonna be interesting. Yeah, Before Sunrise and The Godfather. Yep. Those All right. Are two movies for next week excellent all right case you got anything else i got nothing else all right and besides that we'll see you next time bye